let's welcome up to the front missionaries to Lebanon, David and Nadia Johansson. Thank you, Pastor Mike. It is great to be in the house of the Lord on this Sunday. No matter what the weather is outside, we can rejoice in the presence of God as we gather together in his name. And I want to begin by bringing you greetings from your brothers and sisters in the Lord in countries that you often hear about in the news in a negative light. Tragedies, things that have happened, like in a Pakistan or a Lebanon and other countries, Syria and places. But there are those that are standing up and living their life for Jesus in these circumstances. They send their greetings to you. They're praying for you even here in America as well. So we are grateful for the family of God, for being able to carry on a heritage of a home even and making it a place we can come and find refuge. It is great. We rejoice. We thank you for your giving to your ties at the church, the local ministry here, and then beyond that and giving in missions. Thank you for BGMC, Speed the Light, Light for the Lost, all kinds of the kingdom builders, all kinds of things that you do to help further, and we appreciate your vision. You've been faithful over the years, and we are very appreciative of partnering together because it's not a one-man show. I want my wife to come and share briefly before she goes and shares with the kids. This is the product of missions. I, I was raised about 30 miles from here. God called me when I was nine years old, and uh, I went to the field initially single 37 years ago. So we went married 35 years, but she was the product of a missionary reaching out to her family. I wanted to share a little bit. Amen. Okay, I'm dripping. <sighs> you know, see the effect you do on me? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, praise God. I, first of all, I just want to say thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for your love and receiving us and greeting us and just making us feel like we're part of your life. And you guys are part of our lives because what we do overseas cannot be done without the prayers, your Amen. prayers, and without your support. There's nothing we can do. There's no words that I can speak to anybody if it's not backed up by prayer and fasting and love. You know? And that changed my life. Born in a Muslim home, all I knew was doing my five uh, prayers a day, fasting the whole month of Ramadan, and cheating once in a while because, man, you get hungry when you're a teenager, and you have to fast for all these hours and no water. So, you know, we did a little bit of eh things growing up. So, and um, until the day, I can't explain what God saw in me at that time. I can't explain what, what is in my, you know, I wasn't even seeking God, but God made a way for me to leave my prison and go to America. And God has used man, a family that I saw me as a teenager, never, they might, didn't know me as a child, but, you know, met later on. And God spoke into their life. He told them, which I didn't know until years later, that God said, get the word he gives them, get her out. They didn't know what that means because I was born and raised in a very strong religious family, uh, Islamic family. So they were obedient to not knowing what would happen in the future, if even that could be possible because my parents were the, you know, over me, ruling over me. And I did not have a choice to say, I want to do this or I don't want to do that. I had the choice to rebel, but I don't have the choice to choose. Mm -hmm. So 
God used them, and five years later, I was prayed into the kingdom of God. And I said prayed into, not, hey, God loves you, you know, you know, trust in God, blah, blah, you know, all the things that we like to say when we evangelize people. Because I know that if they would have chosen that part of evangelism, maybe I would have not been here. Because I was taught that Islam is the way, and there is no other thing. There is nothing else. But they chose to love me. They chose to care for me. They chose to get on their knees daily and pray for my sick soul. And I stand here today and say, thank you, Jesus, because I was nothing. And he made me his child through their prayers. And through that prayers, those, the power of prayers washed my heart. And I can't tell him I came and confessed Jesus. I came and confessed all my sins to the Lord and tell him, you know, no, that didn't happen then. It's the power of that prayer that changed my heart, broke down the, the barriers of sin in my life, resistance. I mean, I was, I was honestly, I was a mess. I was very angry and bitter. And God took care of them that they prayed and they broke down the walls. And my challenge to them, my, not challenge to them, my own challenge, because I knew when God was doing that, now I know, when God was doing that, I was feeling very empty and lonely. I needed what they have, but I was too afraid to reach out. I was too afraid to accept it because of what I know where I came from. So there are things that I needed to see in their life that if they would have acted the same way as we act, as in the world and as in a religious family, I would have never come, I would have never been here. And God, I stand here and say, God protected me, protected them, so that I can see him in them. I can see the integrity of their word. I can see the, the action of their life, Lord God, that matches. Because, as I said, religion, you know, you can do whatever you want when nobody can see you. But they were, they spoke the word of God. They lived the word of God. There was integrity. And the other thing was peace. I've never felt peace in religion. And God gave me peace. And God showed me what peace is through their trials, through their difficulties. And then I had joy, and I saw the joy through it. You know, you got to have peace before you get the joy. You know? And through it all, Jesus. I stand here today and say, God, thank you for sending people my way and showing me your love. Thank you. Amen. We have some prayer cards in the back table. Please continue to pray for us. We need your prayers. Uh, it's an old picture. We've graded since then. It's about 10 years old, this prayer card. We've printed a lot of them, so we're going to be good stewards and use them. Uh, I want to just share briefly about Lebanon and then show you a video clip and share a little bit from God's Word this morning, tell you some stories. Uh, when we look on the horizontal, things are not going well in many countries of the world, and Lebanon is one of them. The economy has just shipwrecked. The uh, unemployment rate's over 40%. The money's been devaluated by 90%. Uh, you, you wait in line to buy bread and gas and different things going on there. We have electricity. The infrastructure is archaic and old, and we have electricity one hour a day, if you're lucky. We have believers that don't have electricity at all. Uh, it, it just, it's just chaos. And the port explosion a couple of years ago, largest non-nuclear explosion in the world, uh, came and uh, 
wreaked havoc there in the, in the capital of Beirut. So there's things that have gone on, but yet we don't look this way and concentrate there. We look to the heavenly, the throne of grace, the throne of God, and that uh, he would intervene and move. And I'm going to tell you about that. So that is, is kind of a hard thing, but God is, nothing is difficult for God. And sometimes we view Muslims or Arabs in a certain way. And time is limited this morning, but I want you to know that God is at work. There are those that have slipped into eternity, and, uh, uh, and we, are, we are there sharing the light of Christ with them, the good news about Jesus. But let me just start this morning by sharing with you the covenant of Abraham, an introduction, because God, this is missions. God has called us to be a blessing. What he did with Abraham in, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, God called him out and he said, I will bless you and in you all the nations, all the ethnic groups. Yeah, that includes them Scandinavians too, you know, right? Yeah, anybody? Okay. Jesus did say it is finished, right? You know, I mean, just, just saying, okay. Uh, okay, that's not correct theology. Um, so all the families of this will be blessed through you. We are to be a, a channel of blessing. It may not be what you have in your pocket, what you drove in car today, but you have a heritage of faith that you can pass on to others. God wants to use you to be a blessing to other people. And that happened, that was given in the Old Testament. We see that coming through. Jesus came. God so loved the world, he sent his son. He died on the cross, rose again. And then he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. You'll have that power. Come to the meeting tonight at 6 o'clock in the next three weeks. God's going to do a new work by his spirit in your life. And then, and then you have you know, Acts 1.8. You know, Jesus again speaks this word to them. You're going to receive this power to be witnesses. Not just to come to church, feel good, get the warm fuzzies, go home, eat a meal, and hopefully watch the Vikings win today. Um, uh, okay, uh, but then, then we read, and in, in, if you're a Packer fan, I understand. Okay, no problem. Uh, um, uh, they're not eternal anyways, this stuff, right? And, so, and then you get to Acts chapter 2 where God pours out of his spirit upon all flesh. And I want you to go back and read in your Bible that, of different things that have happened there. And that when they began to speak in other languages, other tongues, as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a list of nations mentioned there and peoples that represent these, these people that came to Jerusalem for this uh, celebration that they had uh, there. And it says in verse 11, it, it said, and Arabs. Arabs were present there on the day that the early church was birthed and, and, and broke forth. Arabs were there, and they were shouting the praises in, in the Arabic language. We have an Arabic Bible on the back table. Go, go look at it. But they were saying, Ya Allah, inta adhimun, as you're, we saying, you're, you're great, you're worthy, you're my Savior. And, and they were declaring what he has done. So I want you to please change maybe the filter that we have when we see others that, that come here from elsewhere, you know. Uh, we, we, we look at people different ways at times. But God is at work. He's faithful to his covenant as he's established with us. And he wants you and I both. You may not become a missionary or a pastor, like, but, but God wants to make you a blessing to other people as well. And you're doing that in a Pakistan and in a Lebanon and here and in the Cloquet area. The early church then went on and they did four things very quickly. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, they met together for the word of God, for prayer, for food, and fellowship. Come on, those are good things, right? And we can be a blessing in all that we do. But let me go back to the text here in Genesis chapter 12 this morning very briefly and say that faith requires obedience and action. We all know people who like to talk, but they don't always walk it, right? 
We need to be people who not just talk it, but walk it. So we have to obey and take action to it. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 3, I'm going to read this. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you and all the families of the earth will be blessed. Hallelujah. That verb there, go, is a command. It's the imperative uh, uh, part of that in the language in Hebrew and Arabic and other languages. It's go. So he has to leave his country, leaves his own ethnic group, and leaves his own family to go by faith, takes action to where he was to go. I've been in the land of Irv Chaldees there in Iraq. If the Euphrates River go up and through Syria and into Turkey and back down, you have uh, different countries that he, uh, Abraham walked and went to, and God wants to continue this. So after this command, he gives blessings, or an I will. We serve a God who says, I will, not I can't. Amen? And so he says, I will show you. We need direction in our life. God will do that. I will bless you. I'll make you great, not just for our purposes, so that we can be that blessing and declare the glory of God. I will bless you so others can be blessed through you. And then we can receive the fulfillment of that in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, where before in the end, there the, the, the before the throne of God, you have every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation represented there, singing the praises of God as we did this morning in worship. There will be others joining us from different places, singing and praising God at that time. So we let us have a focus point of what we do as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, and sharing our faith and being a blessing to others. Abraham goes forth. You can read in that same chapter. He went to uh, Seshem. He built an altar to the Lord. And then he went to Bethel and east of Bethel and I in these areas. And he built an altar to the Lord. Let me tell you, that's another message, building altars and digging wells. Faith requires action. Sometimes you got to get sweaty, okay? You know, but, uh, but God blesses it. And, and there's a heritage that goes on yet today. Now, faith also requires trust in the promises of God who says, I will, and in his word. Jesus said in Matthew, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, cannot prevail against it. Hallelujah. It's his church. We're just servants. We're just being obedient, following and and doing what he wants us to do. God is faithful to his word. He is building his churches in places that you've heard of. Even in Iran, there are things going, I can tell you, many different countries that you would think closed or not possible. God is building his church. Why? Because Paul gives us an example in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7 there. He said, some plant, some water, but God, but God gives the increase. Hallelujah. It's not because of what I can do, what language I speak, or what strength I might have, or any knowledge. No, we do our part. You plant, you water, you give, you pray. And God, God gives the increase. And it is happening, and he's building his church. It's not always easy at times, because we want to see results. Here in America, we're kind of trained to do that. We want to see the bottom line. What have you done? What do you, you know, but it's not always, we, sometimes we just plant. You don't see the I mean, if you grew up on a farm like I did, you, you have to wait. You know, it takes time for that to happen. In a water, you need that rain. You need, and, and, and here's an instance. We had a one of the men in the slides 
passed away, Muslim man. So we went to his funeral. And we had this funeral in a church, or not church, it was a mosque hall, actually. And we're there, and he um, is just wrapped in a cloth. You know, here in the States, it's a little bit uh, sanitary. It's very, you know, cleansed, nice, proper flowers, casket, embalming. And there they're just wrapped in a cloth and set aside. And the imam, the Islamic cleric, gets up and begins to share very briefly a couple words about the deceased person. And then he goes on to re- preaching and restoring, uh, you know, renewing their faith and all that he, he says and telling about their prophets and those that have died and those that have lived and, uh, you know, and done things in the work. And, and men are just, they're, they're shaking, they're sobbing in, in that hall as he's speaking. Now, the women aren't there because they're in another room separate by themselves because they're not as clean as men are. And I could explain that later to you if you'd like uh, after service. But So they're separate and men are there. And when the sermon is done, we go to the house of the deceased and give our condolences to the family. And again, the men are in one room and the women are in another and they serve you some very bitter coffee. And if you think our Scandahuvian coffee is strong, come, come over there. I'll, uh, one couple really uh, get you going. And while we're sitting there, many of them know who I am. We don't hide who we are. I let them know I'm a pastor, I'm a follower of Jesus. And so they often put me sitting right next to the imam, the Islamic cleric. And discussion goes on in the meeting that is there, and it gets on to different subjects and miracles and healing and whatnot, how God works and things happen. And finally, the, this imam said, no, the, the greatest miracle is, is that God gave the Quran to Muhammad. And he stops and turns to me and says, do you believe in the greatest miracle of God, the Quran? I told him, I've read it, but I follow Jesus, the word of God. And I will take scripture out and read scripture to them and show them. I want them to see it, put it in their hand. Don't be afraid to share your faith. Stand for your convictions and what you believe. And I like to read Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, where uh, Jesus said, we are to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And then we're to love our neighbor. You know, that one over there that blows his snow into your driveway, yeah? And, and, and then, you know, upon these two laws hang all the law and the prophets. And this is important for Muslims because they need to know a loving God and that they are loved. And that everything is based upon this word, the word of God. And you plant, I, he didn't accept Christ. And, and the people there, they would ask questions afterward. And he didn't lead any, but you plant or you water. They've heard another nugget of God's word. And God's word doesn't return void. Now, thankfully, Isaiah 56, 7 also is encouraging for us. It says uh, there that even those, now let me clarify this for you. Even those means those who are non-Jew, non-Israelite at that time. Even those who are seen as unclean, dirty, Gentile, pagan. Even those I will bring into my holy mountain, for my house will be called a house of prayer, exclusively only for those that come to Cloquet and Good Hope, right? You know? No, it's, it's a, for all nations. And so we can gather together. We have had uh, uh, Arabs, we've had uh, Jews, and we've had Kurds, Syrians, and other back, uh, Iraqis gather together and worship the Lord because God has called, He has saved us, even those. That was me. That was perhaps you. So we need to remember his I will. 
I will bring those in. I will move. I will build my church. He's doing that. Last year, that church you just saw, their kingdom builders helped put that rock wall up in the church. In this, in Lebanon, we can have land and build a church there. Some places, no. Other places, yes. And we baptized 26 people in water that came from Shiite backgrounds, Sunni backgrounds, Druze backgrounds, Kurd backgrounds, different ones that gathered together, washed by the blood of the Lamb, declaring their faith in the Lord Jesus. That's exciting. God is at work. But to have that Abrahamic kind of faith should allow us to be the blessing of God to others, that his blessing will flow through us. God wants you to be a Jordan River, not a Dead Sea. You know what I'm saying? And if you've been to the Middle East or if you've been to Israel, the, the Jordan River, people like to get baptized. There's life. There's fish in the Jordan River. Well, some. And, uh, and, but that flows into the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is a, you know, 1,300 and some feet below sea level, and it's salty. There's minerals. If you don't know how to swim, no problem. You just jump in, you float. I mean, you could drink coffee, read your paper. You don't have to dog paddle. Uh, but we are to share our faith, our heritage with others. God wants us to flow through our life. But sometimes we as Christians are kind of like sponges. You know, we like to take it in, right? And let, let's be honest. How many of you ever been to a wedding or a funeral just because there was food offered there? Are you Okay, well, we won't go any farther. <laughs> but my family uh, and, and extended family through Nadia's family, there are 11 children in her family. Five have come to Christ. Two have become ministers. And her father at age 85 accepted Christ into his heart. I will build my church. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I will. There's I wills throughout the Bible. I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. If you're tired and weary, come to me. I will give you. Jesus says many things. There's I wills that we need to stand on the promises of God. He's doing it. But sometimes we need also to participate in that. It's not always easy. Now, when they, to be a blessing at times, sometimes it's, it's a challenge. I'll be honest with you. It's difficult. And if you've ever um, driven in places, you might have a different mentality when you go to Minneapolis or some metro, Chicago, New York, where come to Beirut, driving there is a challenge. And there are days when I've almost lost my salvation, okay? You know, we have roundabouts there too. And they, you, if they miss their turn, they can back up and go the way they want, you know? And if the electricity's on, red light or not, you know, it doesn't make any difference. It, 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 they do stuff. It just tests your faith. So one day I took a taxi in a certain place. This was in another um, area. And this man saw that I had uh, a Bible in Arabic and begins talking. And by my uh, way of talking, he knows I'm not originally from there. And he says, where are you from? I said, well, I'm finally, I told him I'm from America. Now, as we have stereotypes of them over there, they have stereotypes of us here in the States. And he goes, you're from America. You're from the country of the great Satan. Oh, did I get in the wrong taxi today or what? <laughs> because they see Hollywood and films and the immorality and all that goes on that is there. And I said, whoa, 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 hang on. You're trying to you know, calm them down. I want to get where I'm going. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's, it's in the evening. It's at night. It's dark. I was... And so I said, what language am I speaking to you in? I'm speaking in Arabic to you. I'm speaking your language. No, you, you Americans, you love Israel and you hate Arabs. Whoa, 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 whoa. hang on, hang on. I, I, I'm living in your country. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, well, maybe not everybody. And, you know, and he starts, but you know the Jews do this, and Israel has done that, and he's getting mad again. 
So what do you do? You go back to the word of God. I can't, I can't reason in my own mind. Whatever command of language, you, you can't, it's not enough. You need God's word. So I said, in the beginning, didn't God create man? Yes, that's true. He did. God, God is the Almighty. He's the creator of heaven and earth. God created man in his image, correct? Yes, yes, that's true. If we are created in his image, how can I curse anyone, whether Jew or Arab? Provoke sometimes their thought a little bit. Oh, I cannot curse. God has called me to bless. And this is why I'm here to bring you good news. There's hope. There's love. There's a God who forgives. I did not win him to Christ, but you plant or you water, and God's going to give the increase. I could tell you stories of people, even even an imam who uh, was given a Bible to uh, read and uh, uh, to debate Christians, to find the errors in the Bible. Well, he couldn't put the Bible down. He began reading, starts at Genesis, goes through, you know, uh, how many like numbers? (laughs) You memorize verses from Numbers? Okay. Yeah, well, there's a blessing in Numbers chapter 6. That's a good one. Uh, but he, and then he hears these words in a vision, a dream he's having on a constant basis. And then he heard these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. And he discovers in John chapter 14, verse 6, that it was Jesus. A word was shared with him. He accepts or we pray with him. We take him out of his context as country and baptize him in another area and back. And I've met with him in this discreet location. And we've, he has his own disciples. He wants to be a blessing. He received the blessing of salvation through Jesus. Now he's sharing that with others. We need to do the same. But when we do that, you think, oh, no, that's too hard. There's Hezbollah there. There's ISIS there. There's this happening. There's a, take your eyes off the horizontal and look to our, our Heavenly Father in heaven. And sometimes we need to say, I will. Isaiah chapter 6 is this. In the year Uzziah died, the king died. And I'm sure others were thinking, what's going to happen to our land? Where where, where are we heading? Is is the country going to invade us? Are we going to be in trouble? Will I have a place? Will I have a job? Can I enter the king's court again or not? Isaiah is there. And he says, I saw the Lord. When that happened, horizontal, I saw the Lord. My eyes shifted because my hope isn't in here. It's got to be in the heavenly. High and lifted up. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And while he was there, he realized who he was, no different than any of us. Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. And an angel came and took a coal from the altar, purified him, symbolically cleansed him, touching his lips with that coal. And then while he's standing there in the presence of God, he hears God's voice. Who will go for us? Who will I send? Who will go? And Isaiah replies, send me, Lord, I will go. I can't see the man that you work with or the woman you have uh, coffee with or whatever, but God does. And if you're here today, I want you to know that that covenant of Abraham covers others. And I'm going to share this just very quickly in closing in that Hagar is often rejected. We see her as the illegitimate wife or the uh, Ishmael. If you read in Genesis 16, you'll realize that as uh, Sarah gave Hagar to Abraham as a wife. They were married. She gets pregnant. She has a kid. She's pregnant and she is chased from the home. Maybe you've been chased from the home. Maybe you've been written off by family. Maybe you're seen as a black sheep. But there in the wilderness, as she fled, an angel of the Lord, a theophany, a pre incarnate visitation of God, of Christ Jesus, came and said, You're pregnant. You're going to have a son and you will name him Ishmael. 
in Hebrew and in Arabic, that means God hears. God has heard. And later on, we read where Hagar says, I have seen the one who sees me. The blessing that covenant of Abraham covers a Hagar, touches and transforms an Ishmael. And you can read that God was with him and became an archer, and from him came 12 nations as well. There's a blessing that God wants to share. This is missions. And he uses an Ananias to reach a Paul that, or Saul that became a Paul. And he wrote Saul off. Lord, did you hear you know, what he's done? I'm not going to go. You want me to go pray for him? Uh-uh, no way. Finally, he said, yes, Lord, I will go. And he went, and when he saw him, he said, Brother Saul, God's got a plan for your life. Prayed for him, healing, deliverance. And then Saul, who becomes Paul, began preaching Jesus as the son of God there in Damascus. We've been there and lived in that city. But this morning, I want you to stand with me. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come here. We're going to close, get you out of here. You can enjoy um, the rest of the day. But if you have a need of any kind, I'm going to invite you to come and pray. I want to pray with you here. Missions doesn't start or exist just overseas. Missions is right here, right where you're at, at this place, here at Good Hope Church, and, and, and in this city. And God wants to touch your life. Whether you're a Hagar or a Sarah, whether you're an Abraham or a Saul, missions. Let God do his work. And whatever you're struggling with or gone through, let God speak and you reply to him, I will. I repent. I will do what you ask me to do. I want to follow you. Amen. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would move. I thank you for this body of believers, sons and daughters that you have adopted into your family through the blood of the Lamb. Lord, I pray that you would renew them, everyone, whatever they are going through or living in, and, and that you would, if their tank is empty, Lord, bless them, raise them up. May you flow through their lives that we might stand upon your promises and hear that you will. You will be with us. You go before us. Do your work once again, I pray. And we give you glory and honor for what you have done and what you are yet going to do in the mighty name of Jesus.